This morning, our journey through Mark takes us back to the city of Capernaum. Last week, we were there in the synagogue and in the home of Simon and Andrew, two of Jesus' disciples. But today we go to an isolated place outside the city of Capernaum, a place where Jesus goes to pray. Let me read about it. It's in Mark 1, verses 35 through 39. Early in the morning, while it is still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Let's take a moment and pray. Dear dear Father, I thank you so very much for the privilege that I have to share your word today. And God, I pray that you and your word will be honored in what I have to say. But God, I pray also that your word will be honored in how we receive it. God, that we might open our hearts and our minds and our life to what your word teaches us. Many of us claim to be his disciples, and so help us to be better disciples. That's our prayer. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. I don't know about you, but when I teach a lesson about prayer or hear a sermon about prayer, I feel guilty. I feel guilty about where my prayer life is at. I believe in some ways I'm doing better in my prayer life than I've ever done, but I know I know that I'm still not. I'm still not where I should be and certainly not where God wants me to be. I mean, here we have the privilege of communicating with the God of the universe from any place and at any time, and yet for most believers, prayer is not the priority that it should be. This week I ran across this prayer quote from Martin Luther King Jr. He he once said, To be a Christian without praying... It is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. I mean, think about that. I mean, that kind of cuts me to my heart. Prayer for the Christian should come as naturally to us as breathing. But it doesn't always, does it? But I'm not preaching this message this morning that you and I might feel guilty about our prayer lives. I don't believe that's why Mark included it in his gospel. Mark included this to show us how Jesus made a priority of prayer and how we, as his disciples, should also make a priority of prayer. See, everything that's written in Mark needs to be viewed from two perspectives. What does it teach us about Jesus and his life? And then what does it teach me about me and my life as his disciple? Remember, as a disciple of Jesus, we are to learn from Him and we are to live like Him. And that includes this priority that Jesus gives to prayer amidst His busy life and ministry. Here's where we ended last week in Mark 1, 32-34. That evening after sunset... 
the people brought to Jesus, all the sick and demon-possessed, the whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. Jesus started that Saturday morning teaching in the synagogue. And during the service, he cast out a demon from a demon-possessed man. After leaving the synagogue, he goes to the home of Simon and and Andrew to heal Simon's mother-in-law, who is sick with a fever. And then Jesus, as it says here, spent hours that evening healing the sick and casting out demons. I mean, you talk about a full day, that was a full day. Jesus probably got to bed late, and he probably got to bed tired, but early, it says the next morning, while it's still dark, he goes out to a solitary place to pray. When I started my ministry in Pleasant Hill, Illinois, there were Sundays when I taught a Sunday school class, preached Sunday morning and Sunday night, and often had a youth activity. And you know what I did on Monday? I took the day off. I certainly wasn't up before dark praying, but Jesus was. After a day a lot fuller than mine. One writer that I read this week suggested three reasons why we don't pray as we should. Number one, because we don't think we have the time. Number two, we don't think it is important. And number three, we don't believe that we'll make a difference. Now, none of those things are true, but sometimes we act like they are. But that doesn't happen with Jesus. Instead, he places a priority on prayer, and so should we as his disciples. As a matter of fact, Jesus teaches us two important principles about prayer. Two important principles about placing a priority on prayer. Principle number one, Jesus was intentional about prayer. I mean, look again, Mark 1, 35, early in the morning, while it is still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You know, there is a big difference between an accident and an incident. An accident is an unplanned happening. A child reaches for something and accidentally spills their milk. You you forget to write down a check in your checkbook and you accidentally overdraft your bank account. Accidents simply happen. But incidents take planning. They they, they are done intentionally. I mean, Jesus didn't pray by accident. He prayed intentionally. And the same thing is true when it comes to developing a priority of prayer in our lives. It won't happen by accident. It has to be intentional. And so notice what Jesus did. First of all, he set apart a time for prayer. And we should set apart a time for prayer. Jesus got up early in the morning before sunrise, early in the morning before the disciples were awake, early in the morning while the people in Jerusalem were still, or Capernaum, were still sleeping. It didn't matter that Jesus had been out late the night before. It didn't matter, as one preacher put it, that Jesus had been a solo doctor in an emergency room for hours last evening. He wanted some undisturbed time with God that morning. He simply needed some undisturbed time with his Father before going into the day. And there are others in the Scriptures who found the morning 
as the best time to get alone with God and pray. For example, David wrote in Psalm 5, verses 3 and 4, or 2 and 3, Listen to my prayer for help. My King and my God, for to you I pray, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. Jesus, or David here, obviously, thought that the morning was the best time to talk to God. The, the best time to hear God in, in the quietness. The best time to ask God for His blessing in the day. And, and I find the best time for my quiet time is in the morning, before the day's activities, before things get going. I just find it better for my day if I just take the first part of the day for prayer. Of course, not everyone is a morning person. I, I've heard that there are two types of people when it comes to morning. One says, good morning, Lord, and the other says, Good Lord, it's, it's morning. <laughs> I, I won't tell you which one my wife is. But Jesus isn't giving us a command here that we have to get up early while it's still dark to pray. He is, however, demonstrating a wise principle about being intentional about our prayer life. And being intentional about setting apart a, a specific time to pray, whether it be in the morning, noon, or night. We just need to carve out some specific time to pray, some specific time to talk to God, some specific time for God to talk to us. And, and the second intentional thing that Jesus did was He set apart a place for prayer. And, and we as His disciples need to set apart a place for prayer. Jesus left the house and went off to a solitary place, an isolated place where he could pray alone. He couldn't pray as he wanted in the house with all the extra guests who were there. He couldn't, again, pray as he wanted in that house that would soon be busy with all kinds of morning activities. Jesus wanted and said to find a quiet place away from everything and everyone where he could openly share with God. And that is what Jesus did often during his ministry. Look, look at Luke 5 verses 15 and 16. Yet, yet the news about him spread all the more. And so the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely to lonely places and prayed. Now as his disciples, it would be good for us to follow that example. To set apart a place for prayer, to withdraw to an isolated place and pray, a place where we can be alone with God, a place where we can openly share with him. Now for some of you it may be difficult to find such a lonely place. I mean, your home is busy with people and activities, and yet at the same time, we all need to find a quiet place for prayer. It may be in a bedroom or in a basement. It may be in the living room early in the morning or late at night. I mean, it may be out in the shed or in the car. I mean, I find my solitary place right here in our church building. 
I try to get here before anyone else. And in my office, I sit away from my desk and I have a quiet time with God. Or, or sometimes you, you can find me walking and praying right here in, in our sanctuary, exercising my body and exercising my faith at the same time. Now, I strive to do that on a daily basis. But to be transparent with you, it doesn't always happen every day. However, I recognize that it will not happen unless I choose out a specific time and a specific place to pray. And the same thing's true for you. Early African believers were faithful in their private devotions. Each of them had a separate spot in the thicket where they would pour out their heart to God in prayer. And over time, the path to those places became well-worn. As a result, if one of the believers began to neglect their prayer time, it would soon be obvious to others. And they would kindly remind the one who'd been neglecting prayer, brothers, the grass grows on your path. And there are times that I need to hear, hey, brother, the, the grass grows on your path. And there are times when we all need to hear, the grass grows on your path. Jesus was intentional about prayer, setting apart a time and place for prayer, and we need to be intentional about prayer. Setting apart a, a, a time and place for prayer. That's the first principle about placing a priority upon prayer. And here's principle number two. Jesus found clarity in prayer. Mark 1, 36-39. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. The disciples woke that morning, and they soon discovered that Jesus isn't there, and so they go looking for him. They go hunting for him until they find him. And they tell Jesus that everybody's looking for him. It is as if the disciples were ready to pick up right where they left off the night before. There are already people gathering for healing. But surprisingly, Jesus tells his disciples that it's time to move on and to go to the nearby towns so that he can tell the good news of God there because that's the reason he came. See, the focus of Jesus' ministry was not upon healing, even though he healed many. The focus of his ministry was upon telling the good news, the good news that the kingdom of God is near and that the people needed to repent and believe the good news. We, we learned that a few weeks ago. And that is exactly what Jesus and his disciples did. They, they leave Capernaum, they travel to the nearby towns throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. In Jesus' prayer time, he got some clarity about what God wanted him to do and where God wanted him to go. Now, I believe there are two things about prayer that Jesus wanted his disciples to understand that day outside Jerusalem. Two more things. First is that life is full of choices. Jesus' life is full of choices. 
It seems that the disciples wanted Jesus to stay in Capernaum and kind of maybe set up a medical clinic. And they could encourage people from all over Israel to come there that Jesus might heal them. It would be like the Mayo Clinic of first century Palestine. And what city would not like that on their city sign, Capernaum, home of Jesus' healing ministry? I mean, if Jesus was after popularity, he would have chosen to please his disciples and the people of Capernaum and continue his ministry there. But Jesus wasn't interested in popularity. He, he, he wasn't after pleasing people or even pleasing himself. He was after pleasing God. He was after doing God's will in his life. And that's really where we need to be as his disciples. We need to be after pleasing God. We need to be after doing his will in our lives. We have a culture around us right now that is telling us what we should do. We often have family and friends uh, telling us what we should do. We, we have this inward nature telling us what we should do. I mean, our life choices are many. And people, if we are serious, if we are serious about following Jesus, the right choice is the choice that Jesus made to not please the crowd, to not please ourselves, but to please God and to do His will in our lives. Life is full of choices, right choices and wrong choices, good choices and better choices. And the second thing that Jesus wanted his disciples to understand is that prayer helps clarify those choices. Look again, Mark 1, 38 and 39, Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Jesus came out of his prayer time knowing what God wanted him to do. God wanted him to focus on his spiritual ministry, preaching the good news and casting out evil spirits that people might be eternally whole. Paul records, or excuse me, Mark records another time. Later in this book, that Jesus spent time in prayer. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before his crucifixion. He was struggling. He was struggling with his approaching death. And Jesus asked that night if it was possible that that God would not permit him to die. But he also told God that whatever he wanted him to do, he'd do it. And again, Jesus came out of that prayer time knowing what God wanted him to do. And that will be equally true of us. Prayer has a way of clarifying life's choices, especially when prayer is combined with Bible reading. Listen to this Proverbs, Proverbs 16:9. It says, the mind of a person plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. There is certainly nothing wrong with us making plans. I mean, God given, has given us a mind and he expects us to use it. But we want God to direct our steps. We want God to take us in the direction that he wants us to go. 
And the Lord directs our steps through prayer and through the Scriptures. Jesus found clarity in prayer as he faced those many life choices. And prayer can clarify those life choices for us as well as his disciples. That, that brings us to our practical application. What, what are we going to do as a result of this morning's message? We, we've really centered in on what Jesus did in his life. What he, he did in, in praying and, and what he did in fulfilling God's mission. But, but we, as we close here, we want to look about what, what does that have to do with our lives? What, what do we need to do? Let me, let me suggest four things. Number one, make a decision to become more intentional about your prayer life. All of us are probably at different levels when it comes to our prayer life. The amount of time we give to it, the, the regu- how regular we are with it, I mean, it's all a little bit different. I, I think the story here of Jesus encourages us to be Intentional. About our praying. Just take it to the next level. <laughs> Number two, choose out a regular time and a quiet place to get alone with God and pray. I, again, if it's kind of not on your calendar, if it's not in your mind, it probably won't happen. And, and so, again, uh, put it on your schedule and, and plan a place where you can be alone with God. Number three, as you pray, seek out God's direction for your life and your life's choices. I mean, plan your day. If you're praying in the morning, plan your day with God. You pray at night, plan the next day with God. But, But look for God's direction in your life. And then last of all, however God directs you, whether in prayer or in Scripture, be willing to do it. Be willing to do it. That's that's always our challenge. People, we're not saved by our good works. I want you to understand that. But we are saved to do good works. And God wants us to pray because prayer clarifies where we're going. And prayer also empowers us to get the work done, to live the life that Jesus wants us to live. Let's pray. Dear dear Father, I thank you so very much for this powerful example of Jesus Uh, amidst a busy schedule, amidst a tiring schedule, that he makes a priority to get up early and pray. And God, I pray that as his disciples that we will make a priority, a greater priority of prayer than ever before. God, again, we, we have chosen to be your disciples. We have chosen to dedicate our life to you. And so, God, help us to learn from you and live like you. And especially in this area of prayer. God, work among us. Empower us. Work through us to impact others. 
We pray all that in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. We want to thank you for listening this morning. We're glad that you've joined us. Uh, we, we look forward to sharing with you every Sunday morning. We also always want to take the opportunity to invite you to come and share with us in person on Sunday morning. We're, we're meeting at 1030 for worship, and we'd be glad to have you any Sunday morning. And we'd be glad to minister to you in any way that we can. And so don't hesitate to contact us either by phone. Our phone number is uh, 379-4443. Or you can contact us through our website, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. We'd be glad to minister to you in the name of Jesus. And so you guys have a great week. We, We look forward to sharing with you on next Sunday. God bless.